0: I'm here at the Austin Game Developers Conference, and with me today uh, is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, I'm Billy Gerritsen. I'm the head of Perfect Dork Studios.
0: And um, so you guys have released a game recently, um, or Bumbletails? Tales. Uh, what's that about? Well, Bumble Tales
1: is a, uh, it's a co-development between my studio, Perfect Dork Studios, and Tandem Games. Um, and it is a Match 3 puzzler for the PC and for the iPhone. And very shortly, it will be available for the Mac. And it's uh, it's your typical Match 3 game, similar to Bejeweled. But there's a town building aspect to it. So the blocks all kind of pertain to different resources that you're collecting. And eventually, you build uh, your town up. You have an empty kind of play field. And you build new buildings. And each building kind of gives you new power. And you unlock little characters to inhabit the the, uh, the town. So it's kind of like, it's, a, it's, it's not too SimCities-like. But but what you're doing is you really are building up a little town, a little world, while you know while playing match three. So it's uh it's actually it's highly addictive, uh like
0: any match three game can be. So, and and what were the challenges you guys faced as you were working on the game? Well. um... I'm trying to think. Uh, Since the
1: last time I talked about the game, uh, we were just about to go to San Francisco GDC, and at that point we had the game where we thought to be the 80 to 90% mark as far as completion. I mean, we were ready to push the game out the door uh, by the end of May. Yeah. Uh, But what happened is at GDC, uh, you know, a lot of people really enjoyed the game, and they they really saw what we were trying to do, but a lot of them had feedback on how to make the game deeper and more enjoyable and just kind of provide something even more unique than your standard Bejeweled Match 3 game. So what we had to do is after GDC, you know, we, we took this game that we could have very easily pushed out of the door as it was. Um, but, you know, we we really wanted to put out a quality product and make sure that, you know, sometimes you only have one chance to to, to do a game right. And so we wanted to take the extra time to put in the, you know, the special sauce to make it even better uh, so that both casual fans and more uh, Hardcore and dedicated players could could both get something out of. So, rather than put the game out uh, by the end of May, we ended up putting it out uh, right now at the beginning of September. So, how many months is that? It's an additional four or five months of development. Um, and you know, we'll see. We'll see if the numbers if it pays off. Um,
0: but th- those are a lot of challenges. Were and, and what were some of the specific uh, feedback changes uh, oh, okay. that they well, that they uh, inspired you to implement? The
1: way our purchasing system worked was, uh, like in the game, uh, like let's say there's red blocks, green blocks, brown blocks. The green blocks equals leaves, the red blocks equals bricks, etc. And you're trying to collect enough of each of the resources in order to be able to uh, finish levels. So, like let's say level one starts, and your requirement is you need to break, you know, like 50. You know, brick and 40 gold, etc. And then when you beat the level, what we did is we gave you what we call the wish. So basically it's just a unit, a star, you know, uh, a unit of currency to which you can then uh, open up the town shop. And it was a very one-to-one thing. If I beat one level, I get one star. And I can apply one star to one purchase. And, um... A lot of people felt that, you know, what they would rather have is, like, have the game board actually apply more directly. So, like, rather than I spend a star on uh, a building... They would rather that I spend bricks on a building because that makes sense, right? You yeah. build a building with bricks, so like that, that was part of the feedback. Is trying to to balance the design to where not only were you completing levels by by collecting resources, you were actually making purchases with those resources. So like rather than go out and buy the town hall for one star or two stars or three stars or any number of you know units, single units, I went out and I go and I spend you know 50 brick, 40 yeah. 40 brown, 40 exactly. you know, and so so you kind of basically you're not just collecting pieces arbitrarily, you're actually. Collecting Collecting units of your buildings that you 're eventually going to be building so that that doesn't sound like a huge design change, but it completely changed the pacing of the game so we spent a good couple months just balancing that in particular um, on a, on an asset creation side. Uh, the decision to go full voiceover on the story, because because uh, I mentioned that there are characters that you can unlock. So you unlock buildings and you unlock characters to inhabit the buildings. Each character has a unique story, and and each story you know is actually in text and illustration form in a in a scrapbook that you keep on the side. Well, when you go to the scrapbook now. This fu- fully voiced over, so, so like you have uh, the main character of the game basically reading you the story, uh, and the reason why we wanted to do that is for like families with children who, who weren't old enough to read. Yeah, um, they could sit back and enjoy the story uh, without you know needing to read. So. We, we kept it in mind that the game was going to be for all ages, but, like, just, just going through the process of all those, I mean, there's there's three hours of audio in the game, and uh, just it just takes a long time to perfect and kind of polish it up, and so... I
0: mean, and and can you talk about the user testing, then, um, since you were gearing this for the family and, you know, for a it, wide age range, um, how did the user testing go, and what was the feedback you got?
1: Okay, well, you know, our, our wives were, were, great, were great testers on the game. Uh, I knew that we knew that we struck it, uh, struck the right chord, When, like, for instance, uh, my wife, you know, she would get on, and and we're talking, like, Alpha stage beta stage type stuff sit there for hours on end there, there, where there was no motivation nice. there was no purchases to be made it was just basically the match three with some powers and she would just play it endlessly you know and it's kind of funny because she's played the game a bazillion times now she she tested the iPhone version right yeah. so the day one iPhone version comes out she buys the thing and then the other night she was up till she fell asleep and trying to get to like the level 100 you know in one sitting wow. she had to stop because you know her iPhone like ran out of batteries you know and so we got nice. good feedback just, just you know, from that reaction. But you know, yeah, we, we did do a little play testing with children, uh, but not too much. It's one of those things where the the biggest feedback and the biggest uh, the biggest feedback that we listened to were from the downloadable portals uh, like yeah. Big Fish Games and uh, Oberon Media, who was a second party uh, distributor for for us that helped us get on iWin, MSN Games. Okay. Uh, they would play builds of the game and tell us kind of the things to tighten up and the things to fix.
0: Uh, were there any major things that you had to fix at the end? I mean, what, yes. what were some of the challenges that you ran into and, and uh...
1: How did I forget this? <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a huge one. Uh, basically, there was no tutorial system in our game. Oh, okay. Okay, so, uh, we had, you know, help screens and kind of like walkthrough type stuff as far as still images. Um, what they kept asking us to do was uh, interactive tutorials. So like basically learning how to play the game by playing the game. And you know, that sounds like it'd be easy to do, but it it wasn't. When you're at the very end and everything's almost done, trying to shoehorn in an interactive uh, tutorial is actually really challenging because it could potentially break a lot of stuff. Like, there's a lot of things as far as uh, we locked off certain purchases early on so that you wouldn't get too far down one route. We wanted to basically sprinkle out little pieces of the game so that you learned how to buy a building and you learned how to buy a character and you learned how to go to the scrapbook. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But... When it's interactive, and so it, 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 it's weird because we we had to create a linear aspect to a non-linear game. Yeah,
0: is what I'm saying. You know, so and so when you say interactive tutorial, they're talking about when they play the first level. You know, maybe after a couple of tries, it'll say "good job" and then you know right. buy this or whatever, exactly. and so it kind of leads so them in a linear way through this non-linear experience. Absolutely. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Um, and, and how did implementing that actually help or improve the game? Did you did you notice any differences? Then? Uh,
1: yeah, for the, end, for the end user, I mean, yeah. it was totally worth the effort because um, there were people that, you know, would play the game that only played the match three portion, had no idea that the town building portion existed until they, they played through this interactive tutorial. And then they're like, oh, that's how you do that. Oh, OK. And so, like, for us, you know, making the game, it's really hard because you make it in a yeah. bubble and you, you design the game so you know how it's all supposed to come out. And so it really takes watching someone who you don't know, who has no affiliation with you, to play it. And, and there's some brutal honesty. I mean, like we came back from San Francisco GDC with some people totally bashing the game, saying, Oh, it's kiddie stuff, oh it's really stupid. Why would I play that game? Oh, the art's bad, the yeah. gameplay's bad, oh I don't even know how to play this, you know what I mean? And so so but those are the kind of feedback, you know, if you're not if you don't get too defensive about it, you can kinda of internalize it and be like, Well, I know the solution to that problem. The reason why they were frustrated is because they did not Feel the connection between the game board and the purchasing, sure. and why is that important? Well, that's the identity of the game. Yeah. You know, your reward isn't like Bejeweled, where I'm trying to get points. Yeah, exactly. Uh, even though late in the game, we added a, a, a mode called Arcade Mode, which is basically Bejeweled. It's a timer, sure. and you earn points, and you know, you try to get your high score. Um, so, because because of the pressure, because people wanted that. You know, people say, "I want something different," but at the same time, it needs to be yeah. kind of familiar in order for them to. To, you know, feel comfortable sure.
0: trying. Something. And were there any other challenges as you tried to get it out the door? Because um, it seems like you know you're, you get endless feedback. So when do you draw the line and say, okay, now it's time to get it out?
1: Well, what really what really ended up being the, the, the thing that drew the line is, is really just the, the firm release date. Um, we, got a, we got a firm release date of September 9th that the game was going to come out. So if the game was going to come out by September 9th and we knew that it was going to take at least two to three weeks to get the, uh, the DRM, you yeah. know, uh, completed through the to the various sites we knew well this game has to be done week one august so it's it's like you know it's just a hard deadline that's when we said you know we can no longer make changes to the game we basically have to finish the game so working without a deadline could is a lot could hurt you a lot more than it helps you um but uh trying to think of any additional challenges with with getting it out the door i mean at the very last minute um just there's the marketing assets creating marketing assets um Basically, you know, at one point I, f- I really felt like I had finished all the art assets for the game, and then I get loaded with like all these new assets that I have to create for each website. Sure. You know, we're talking custom screenshots, custom icons, custom like little little uh, web banners and pop-ups, uh, custom trailers. You know, like like one website. You know, we couldn't advertise the iPhone game. You know, like I wanted to make an all-in-one trailer that, yeah. that marketed the uh, PC, Mac, and iPhone versions of the game. Yeah. But one of the portals are like, well. We're, we're not distributing the iPhone version so we can't put that on our website so it's like you know cutting a new version of the trailer like all these last minute things that you know ends up being really stressful because um well because yeah. Bumbletail is not the only project I've been working on so
0: well what about marketing challenges um you know how are you marketing this game are you doing anything different uh, is it mainly through the portals and then through the iPhone app store? Okay, so it's mainly
1: mainly we're letting the portals handle a lot of the marketing, and that's that's why teaming up with a company like Oberon Media has been really helpful because you know that that's how they get their cut. You know, they they put a lot of the the the, the time and effort to get the game out on different portals and to make sure that. And that they're being seen a lot of times you know I mean like a lot of people might take for granted like just knowing the market you know we have' not taken a lot of time to try to advertise on like IGN or or, or, or uh, like one up or GameStop or GameSpot just because like that's a, that's a more hardcore market and, and instead you know Aaron's been talking to like parenting magazine and, oh, yeah. and a lot of a lot of kind of mommy sites because this is the kind of game like like the whole the whole philosophy behind tandem games is is, you know, family-friendly games that you can play with your children. You know, Aaron founded his company on those kind of uh, standards. Like, you know, I, I don't want to make games where you go around killing people. I want to make wholesome, entertaining, yet maybe even learning games. Um, so you have to target that audience. And where do you target? Well, believe it or not, you don't even target on the Apple Store. Like, because mommies mommies have iPhones, but, you know, it's other mommies that are going to tell them about the games, right? They're not out there, you know, getting the same kind of marketing that the people who play Halo get, right? So we've been trying to hit that, that market in a different way. A lot of grassroots, too, you know. Sure. We've been giving out a lot of free copies of the game because we know that once you get hooked, you love it. You know, It's one of those really polarizing games. So.
0: And um, so, you know, you mentioned other projects. What other projects are you working on and how are they going? I know you were talking about Box Macabre.
1: Oh, yeah. Box Macabre is uh, our big flagship title for Perfect Dork Studios. Uh, we've been working on it uh, for one year now to... The, to really, to the day, it was it was last Austin GDC that we showed off the game for the first time live, uh, but it was still a prototype. And to this this show was actually the first true demo of the game. Basically, it showed off about 80% actual game, like final game assets. Uh, uh, it's a snippet of the very beginning of the game, but so for a year we've been prototyping, making sure that we can make the Torque X 3D engine work for us. Uh, and now that we've got it wrangled down, because there's not a lot of people who can use the engine uh, as well as as we can, because we've just put in the effort to make sure that we just know the engine front and back. It's going really well. You know, uh, there's a lot of people that recognize this from previous shows, just because the character itself is just really iconic. It's like this little cube with a skull face, and you know, it's kind of like this quirky, this quirky, uh, this quirky. You know, it's really shaping up to be something that people are interested in. Uh, At San Francisco, uh, I mean, I I was talking to Sony. Sony was interested in it for the PSN, but you know, one of the one of the hard things to part with is the IP, which they would have to control if they were going to publish it. They would want the IP, and as an indie, that's all I have. You know what I mean? I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of clout yet, but what I do have is my intellectual property, my creation, and I I just don't feel comfortable selling that to someone. but you know, and at this show, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't really aggressively marketing the game because it's still about nine months away from being done sure. so come next GDC in March we'll be doing some big promotional stuff I mean I, I don't care if we, if we walk around, if we have to walk around the show wearing big box costumes you know and like looking all funky uh, we're going to do something big. Um, but what I did get out of this show is I got to talk to a lot of potential dis- uh, distribution partners you know, because that, that's really the, the hardest thing for an indie, I think, is, is be- beyond just completing the game is finding a home for the game when it's done. I mean, because to, to be honest with you, a lot of people can finish a game, you know, uh, but what's really tough is once the game is done then what? You know, sure, sure you can put together marketing assets, but where are people going to go buy it? You know, yeah. don't make them go buy it. You know, in the back alley of the internet. You know, get them to go to uh, Steam. Get them to go to Greenhouse Games. Uh, I talked to a guy from OnLive today, yeah. and OnLive is potentially could be could be uh, up and running by the end of the year, at least, uh, or at the very, at the very latest, they said that next GDC. Well, if we can make a big announcement to say, hey, Box Mccobb's going to be one of the flagship titles for OnLive how great would that be, right? So, like, we've had a really, really productive showing this year, even though we weren't aggressively marketing the game.
0: And, um, so where can people find out more information about your games, and you know, oh, even try out Bumbletails okay. or something like that? For,
1: for Bumbletails, I highly recommend people going to Bumbletails.com. It's B-U-M-B-L-E T-A-L-E-S dot com. Uh, there's a free Flash version that people can play. Uh, it's a really, really fun trailer. Um, but you can find out more information on that game. Uh, it's on the iPhone for 99 cents. Day one, 99 cents. It's always going to be 99 cents. We believe in trying to, you know, get the word out there, not and not really tax the pocketbook. Uh, you can get the game on PC for 6.99 if you're a member on Big Fish Games, or 9.99 if you're not a member. Um, or go directly to tandemgames.com, uh, t a n d e m g a m e s.com. Uh, and, I, uh, and if uh, people want more information on Perfect Dork Studios uh, projects and Box Macabre, uh, I guess the easiest one uh, is uh, boxmacabre.com, B-O-X-M-A-C-A-B-R-E.com, uh, perfectdorkstudios.com, just how it sounds. I'm not going to spell that one out. Um, we have a, a, pretty, a pretty frequently updated uh, development blog, and we're trying to keep people in the loop with how the development's going, and, and not just on Box Macaw but other things. Um, uh, on, the, on, the, on the horizon, uh, Aaron and I have been talking about collaborating again on something. Uh, it really depends on how the numbers for Bumbletails Tails do, uh, how they do. Uh, for us to, we have a lot of ideas for a sequel, uh, we don't know if we're going to do that right away though, um, and Aaron's got a lot of stuff on his plate right now, he's, uh, he's promoting Domain of Heroes, his online MMO, uh, I know that they're doing some iPhone stuff, so let's hope that that comes out really soon, but uh, yeah, I mean, I imagine, I imagine you'll, you'll continue to hear news from, from our groups, uh, whether independently or together, so.
0: Thank you very much.